everybody's good today. I hope everybody's doing well today. I hope everybody's happy and, you know, living the best day they can live for themselves, I hope. And um, I just, and I'm just thinking about everybody out there and anybody who's battling this disease, family members, loved ones, if you yourself are battling this disease and you feel hopeless, I want to start off today saying that we th- we're thinking about you. And anybody that's out there that um, we sometimes say at the close of our meetings that we are praying for the sick and suffering that are still inside and outside. So for those that are in listening and those that aren't listening, we're thinking of you and we're sending a prayer to you. Yeah, I love that part of the meeting. Isn't it the best? Mm-hmm. So today we're going to talk about, I think, the hope that you find in life and the joy you find in life, and especially when you are not hungover anymore. Do you agree with that? I do. I, I last, last week I had... Um, I fell asleep on the couch and I was watching, I was just watching TV and I fell asleep on the couch and I, I think I woke up at some point and it was, you know, like two o'clock in the morning and I just, I just didn't have the energy uh, physically, mentally to go upstairs and, you know, wash my face and brush my teeth and get back into bed or get into bed. And, um, and so, but when I woke up, it was just, the worst feeling of that that it instantly brought me back to when I would wake up hungover um, and have to get ready for work or have to get ready on a weekend to go to a game or to drive someone here or drive someone there and it just it brought me back instantly to that that awful feeling you know of trying to feel good or pretend you feel good when you feel so bad um and trying to be functional. Oh, it's just, it's, it's, oh, it's, it's the worst feeling ever. Oh my God. Do you know what, when you just were saying that I, it's, you know, some people get that, that sense of that feeling when they're going, to, when you're touching a chalk, like you're pulling your fingernails down across the chalkboard. That's mm-hmm. how I just felt when you were just talking about trying to like pretend like you're not hungover and you're so hungover and, Everybody around you is like, come on. And you're like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And you think to yourself, "Uh, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? I feel so bad. And, and, And what you tell yourself, I mean, it doesn't, I hate to say it becomes a new normal for you, but, I mean, at some point you start to be able to, I mean, that's what they say that, functioning alcoholic or, you know, I've, I've never completely figured that out, but, but the truth is, you know, some of us did or do function better than others when they're hungover or drinking for that matter. And I just, I saw the, how it progressed. And yes, I can say that when I would wake up on a Saturday and I'd be hungover, the best thing I could do was, was have a cocktail at 11 or, you know, 11 or noon and I could just just put on music and just clean the whole house, and I was so productive. Um, and then, you know, as time passes, it, it just it, it just slows down, and it and it starts to really really affect. You know, I, I started 
being, I don't, what word would I use, not irresponsible, but I just, I was neglecting things because I just didn't have it in me to do it anymore. I didn't clean well, buzzed. I, I just, all the things I thought I did well when I was buzzed or drunk, it just, it stopped working. Oh, I mean, this is the craziest thing. I thought I was better. I mean, for those listeners out there that don't know this, and I don't even know if you, I think you're probably going to remember this, but I used to sell products on QVC and I was an, I was an on-air guest host, meaning that I would go on and there'd be the host and I'd be there selling whatever, where I'd be selling at the time. And a lot of, I was a beauty products person and I sold a fake Spanx, if there is such a thing, but there is. So I would sell this fake Spanx where I'd have to like show my butt to the world, you know, with my Spanx on and I'm like before and after. (laughs) Talk about how, you know, oh, you don't want those bumps and lumps in your khakis, even though who wears khakis except for really skinny people. But anyway, because khakis don't always look that great on people, but I'd be like, oh, look at my butt. Doesn't it look great? It's so much better to wear Spanx my fake spanks than to go to the gym. Like, this is so much better. Look at this. You don't have to go to the gym. You can put on your spanks. Now, I was completely convinced that I was way better at being on TV when I was either A, hungover, or B, buzzed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I totally did. I was like, this is, I'm so much better now. When I'm crazy, you know, I was crazy. I was absolutely insane. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not crazy right now, but I was crazy because that's what my brain told me. Like, I am so much better when I've got a little edge to me from that special little, you know, spirit of wine or a shot of something or whatever, you know? Well, and particularly if you are at the point in your life, which I was, that I had no... um, intention or any thoughts of of giving it up although I wish I had but because I didn't I had to justify it somehow and so so to justify it would be to say that all these things that I do drunk or buzzed I do so much better so let's just keep going well you can't even imagine life without it is the thing I mean I know for myself I'm one of those people who really, I didn't like ever go to that place where I was like, oh, you know, I mean, maybe I did for a little bit. I was like, maybe I can't mix like colored drinks. I did that. But I never, ever thought to myself, I'm not going to like, I'm going to quit drinking because my life's going to get better. I never, ever, 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 ever thought that until I realized at the end, like, oh my God, that's the only way I'm going to, I have to quit. But before that, I, I, that was always the answer. There was no other answer but to get mm-hmm. drunk. Right. Going out to going out to dinner, getting drunk before you go. Um, you know, who, who does that? I, I mean, I, I the, the the pre, you know, going out that that part. I mean, I think you and I have talked about it before. It was you know, a bottle of wine before, a bottle during, and then a bottle when you get home. Yeah. <laughs> and a couple shots. Don't forget the couple shots in there too. By the way. I'm like, one bottle? So you have one bottle with you and that? I mean, that was the deal. Like, I'd have, like, I remember a one bottle of wine before I left. Then I'd get to the bar, and I'd be like, all right, I'm only going to have one dirty martini. I'm just going to have one. And then I'll switch to the wine. 
and I would have the one, I, I still remember standing in the bar on North Wayne Avenue in Wayne, Pennsylvania, and saying, all right, I'll have a dirty martini. And then having one dirty martini thinking, and the bartender would say, have, do you want another? And I knew, okay, that's straight vodka, that I shouldn't have another one. But I'd be like, mm, sure, I'll have one more. I knew I was only, but I swore I would only have one. But then I, I, that's the thing about it. It's that whole phenomenon of craving. Like, this has nothing to do with choice. Like, I want to put that out there in the universe. Like, we do not choose to get drunk. I do not choose to get drunk. That is not my, that I, my, I mean, sometimes, yes. I mean, I did. I mean, I was not the type of person who was like, oh, I'm just going to have a couple. I mean, I, if I didn't have a blackout, I did not think it was a good night. I mean, that's how sick I was. But people would say to me, can't you just have one? And the reality is, it's like, no, I couldn't have one. I mean, just, <laughs> it's like being at the airport. I always, when I think back on, you know how they always would have the double shot? Um, at the bar in the airport um, and I would always they'd ask me and I would have I would do this thing where I would actually try to look like I was thinking about it you know <laughs> I go uh, well yeah sure that's that's fine yeah to me too well, just meanwhile like I would never not have one without two shots in it nor would I when they come around on the plane to see if you want, I mean, I would get three bottles and it would always be that, you know, I don't want to bother you again. So I'll just get them all now. Well, I'll just get them all now because I'm going to drink them all now before you even get to like two <laughs> behind me. They'll all be gone. But, you know, it's just all the games you play with yourself. But it's, um, and I know we, we had somebody write to us, by the way, I want to say had our new friend, George. And, um, you know, we think about like, okay, when we are, if I am away on vacation, or if I'm on a plane, does that mean it doesn't count anymore? Like, does that mean, like, I can go, like, it's a no, this doesn't count zone, like, I can drink when I'm on the plane, or I can drink when I'm on the cruise ship, or I can drink when I'm at that vacation spot, because it doesn't really count, because I'm not in my real life, right? Yeah, I mean, I've had friends in the past, and I've even made a joke of it, too, that I was, you know, going to wait till everybody in my intervention died. Um, then I could drink or I, you know, but I had a friend that would, you know, only when he was out of the country, he would drink. Um, you know, there's so many different ways you can bargain with yourself. I mean, that, that waiting to get out of the country. I mean, I don't know what that ultimately means. If it means that you just when you make an ass out of yourself, you know, nobody else will know. Uh, I don't know, but, but there's, there's so many different, you know, things that people have done or people that I know have, have said, including myself. You know, as ways to try to still have that one drink. And that one drink is never one drink. And nobody ever, I I mean, I never wanted one, to be honest. I never wanted one. Because I I have that craving and that phenomenon of craving. And it doesn't stop. And it just doesn't stop. People that don't have, uh, the people that aren't alcoholics, it's it's hard for my brain to even think or wrap my head around the idea of ordering a drink and never thinking beyond that or sitting down at a table at, you know, at a restaurant and having one person who was responsible for bringing the alcohol to a BYOB pull out one bottle of wine and, and not have that complete panic set in where you do the math and you look around and there's four people and then there's one bottle of wine. I mean, that just made me, 
turn inside out. You know, <laughs> one bottle of wine for four people, that's one glass. Like, I mean, the, the, the calculations you start doing in your head, I mean, it makes you insane. It's crazy. And, you know, and to think that you're going to go on and then have a productive life, right? You think you're going to go and you're going to be able to get up the next day, which brings us back to our topic again, you know, and go and you're going to wake up tomorrow morning and you're going to have your kids there or your whoever your partner is. And you wanted that you had all these ideas of you were going to do this the next day and you're going to do that and you're going to run in a race, which our friend did yesterday in um, our friend Darlin down at here. Yeah. Um, you know, she ran the race and I want to say congratulations and um, to running in that race because I could never do that. I could never run in a race in um hung over. Well, I couldn't run in a race today, to be honest with you, because I'm just not a runner, and I never have been unless somebody's chasing me. But <laughs> even been having the idea of doing that, like hungover, people would do that. You know, I, I remember being in college and having a friend that would go out, and she and we would all go out and drink all night long, and she'd get up the next morning, and she'd go out, and she'd be on a, she, she would play tennis. And I remember her playing tennis. And being like, oh, my God, how is she playing tennis? And then she would go and she'd get the towel, you know, that they leave on the side of the tennis court for you to use to wipe up your sweat. She'd like to throw up in her tennis towel. Can you imagine? I mean, that's that's awful. But that's what alcohol does. And we think that it's normal. This is fun, right? It's fun being hungover. Well, and once you get to the to the end stages, um, as I did, you know the. I mean, and, and let me say that, and I think I've said this before. I mean, I I was, I was not a morning or afternoon drinker. I mean, maybe on a Sunday I would, you know, at noon have a Bloody Mary or something, and that seemed normal. But um, I never would even consider drinking my mom drank in the morning I do that when she went to rehab um that was one of the discoveries after the fact that she did you know she had vodka in her coffee in the morning um and that just seemed completely crazy to me uh, who drinks in the morning but you know towards the end it was all you could do it wasn't even it just shifted because I would drink just so I could be alive like I just I was so scared that you know I would I would have a seizure or you know just the withdrawal um alone you know led me to drink again just to and just having you know the, the shakes and all the all the stuff that goes along with it is in just in the end stages before death or you know it's just that I don't know. It's just it's it's so horrible, and you just and all of a sudden, one day to the next, you're you're drinking in the morning. You're doing exactly what you never ever ever thought you would ever do, and then it becomes normal. So you know it's just that process, like you know, for everything you didn't think you'd do, all of a sudden you're doing it, and all of a sudden it becomes the new normal, and it just continues to just get worse and worse and worse and worse, and it brings me back to the same line that someone said to me: How far down do you have to go? How far down does the elevator have to go before you get off? And it's just, it's just, it's the insidiousness of it and the scariness of it and the whole, the thought that it's like the end all be all. And to think that, and you know, the, the thing that makes me the most dumbfounded of all is that we go out in society today and that's what every kid in America does, right? 
that's your rite of passage that you're a kid, that you're going to go out in the first time you get drunk. It's like whatever age you are. If for me, it was 13. I mean, some people it's 11. Some people it's 15. Some people it doesn't happen until they're 21. But whatever that is, like, that's your rite of passage. That's like, I'm it. I finally landed. I'm a grown-up now. I got drunk. I'm so lucky. And, you know, a friend of mine shared with me a story once about how the um, the little the woman was standing there and she was pouring herself a glass of wine in a very pretty pretty water for a glass, and her daughter was standing there and her daughter looked at her and as she's pouring the glass of wine and said, "I can't wait to be a grown up because I can drink like you, mommy." Mm. Yeah. And you know, if I'm gonna, I mean, that to me was like when I saw grown ups drinking, it looked appealing to me since I was little. I was like, I want to be a grown up and be able to drink. Yeah. I mean, I grew up with it all around me. All around me too. And it gave us a sense like that's what the cool people do, right? That's what mommy does. I want to be like mommy because mommy's our idol when we're little, right? And mommy's the one we want to aspire to be. Yeah, And then we pick up that glass of wine, and if, God forbid, you have the disease of alcoholism in your family and you have it inside of you, which I have inside of me, you know, I couldn't, I never drank like a normal person from the very no. beginning. And, you know, when you get to the end and you're faced with it, which I'm sure, you know, I speak for many people that, you know, the, how profound it is to think that the, the thing you're most scared of is quitting drinking and the other thing you're most scared of is not quitting drinking you know and to be able to say both those things in you know at the same time is just you know that's where people get so stuck you know because it, 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 the I guess the energy behind it is is almost equal I mean did, did you feel that way Oh, my gosh. I mean, I was so sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was like, I can't. I didn't know how I was going to live with if I kept drinking because I know I would be dead today. There's no question. There's no question the way I drank and the way that I I didn't drink at home, as you know, I was, but I put myself in situations and I got myself in situations that looking back are really scary. And the fact that I am alive is kind of a, I'm just, I mean, things that I would never, ever, ever, ever do today. I would do in a blackout because I didn't, all my inhibitions and everything else were out the window. So the thought that I was like, oh my God, I can't, I'm like, I couldn't imagine, like, I was like, I can't keep doing this. But but what is the alternative? Like, and then when I did say I need help and I went to my family and said, I'm quitting and I need help, that that was the scariest day of my life. And I still, I mean, I will still say that me admitting that I needed help with alcohol was scarier to me than getting married, than having kids, than having a family, than having anything. And I think all those things are like, it's pretty scary to get married. I think, and it's pretty scary to have kids, but the thought of not drinking was like even, even more like to me, it was the scariest thing in the entire world because I was like, how am I going to deal with my life? How am I going to have the feelings that I have to have? 
because I believed in my head, and this is a true story, like I truly believed in my head that if I had to have all those feelings that I had had, like I was, I was scared. I mean, now I can put words to it because I didn't even know what a feeling was when I got sober. I didn't understand what a feeling. I had no idea because my entire life I had picked up a drink all the time. So if my parents got divorced, horrible divorce, I'm drinking, drinking, drinking because I can't have those feelings. Like, mm-hmm. okay, somebody's, my boyfriend just broke up with me. Okay, what am I going to do? I'm going to get really, really, really drunk because I can't break down and show you that I'm bad. No, I have to just keep going. I have to keep on that plane. And, you know, I was scared because when I quit drinking, I was going to be like Humpty Dumpty. Like I was going to become a million trillion different little pieces on the ground. And now what? Are all the King's men going to be able to put me back together again? I mean, literally, that's what I felt like because I was like, I can't have all these feelings. Yeah. I know. I mean, that's that's all I did. I just, I mean, you were the one that went out. I was the one that stayed in. Um, I just wanted them, I just wanted everything that I was feeling, everything that I was experiencing to just, to just be put on hold. I mean, I knew they always, they, they didn't go away, but I, I, no matter what happened during the time that I was able to medicate myself, it just didn't matter because I just wanted it to go away in my brain for a couple hours, an hour. I didn't care. I just, just make it go away. But not, but not ever, not really caring enough at the moment that it, that nothing went away. It was all still there when you woke up, it was still there. Nothing changed. You just had some, some, you know, four or three hours of not, not really thinking about it or caring about it because you were drunk. And that's, we all want to run away from our feelings, right? And that was the perfect runaway. Yeah. And now you just can't, I mean, I'm so happy now to be able to, when things do, when things come up and, and the going gets tough, I mean, I just, it's just dealing with it, you know, in in the moment and and just facing it and not having to do anything not drinking or you know nothing to to mask it or or sweep it under the carpet like nothing you just it's it's right there and you just deal with it and and that's what I've been doing for almost a year and a half you know that that this is it's just it's the new normal for me and I I really like it a whole lot more it's um it's really in the beginning it's hard it's really it's in the beginning it's hard because you're like how am I going to do this and how am I going to get through my first I was talking about this with somebody this week and it's like how am I going to get through my first uh labor day how am I going to get first through my first fourth of July how am I going to get through my first Labor Day? How am I going to get through my first day of school? How am I going to get through my first person passing away? How am I going to get through um, if I get a, a diagnosis that I'm that I need to do something about my health? How am I going to get through all these feelings? And for me, and I believe a lot of people out there, and I, tell me if you agree with this, but like a lot of those feelings are fear, right? They mm-hmm. all come back to fear. Everything originates inside of me as fear. Like, I'm fearful. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm a scared little girl. I'm still that scared little girl. I, yes, I'm walking around now in a 50-year-old body, but I'm scared. 
And I'm scared of what? I'm scared of everything. I'm scared that you're going to love me. I'm scared that you're not going to love me. I'm scared that you're going to like me. You're not going to like me. I'm scared I'm not going to be okay. And, but I, I will say one thing, and, and, and this, this is just my observation about me and my life, but it might ring true for somebody listening, is that my anxieties and my fears were like catapulted because of my drinking. And yes, am I, do, do I have anxiety? I, I do. I, I think I have moderate anxiety. Um, do I not like thunder and lightning? Uh, you know, I could do without it. I don't go out on my bicycle and, you know, ride around in it like, you know, kids did when I was young. But, but you know, alcohol causes a lot of that anxiety and that that fear. I mean, I could not go on a a plane without being completely drunk. Um, and I would take, you know, Xanax, whatever I could get my hands on from somebody, a friend that would give me a couple pills to get me there and back. But I would drink and I never even understood the danger of that mixing the pills with the alcohol. I mean, I'm just thankful that it never <laughs> you know, put me in well, cardiac arrest, but, but I, I have to say now I don't have that. I, it's not to say that I don't have fear or I don't have anxiety, but it really got so bad that I, it was debilitating. I couldn't, I, I mean, I had moments where I couldn't drive over a bridge and I'd have to pull over and my hands were shaking and my knees were shaking. I couldn't even, I couldn't drive. I couldn't get on a plane and, and, um, I don't, it's all, it's just, it's not there anymore. And people probably still think I am very fearful of planes. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not. And it really had a lot to do with as, as I got more, and I would say like, it just didn't make sense as, as I got older, it just got worse and worse and worse. Well, I was just drinking more and more and more. So my anxiety level was just, was, you know, catching up with, my drinking. Oh. Well, I agree with that. And I can tell you that for me, because when I got sober and when I was quitting my drinking, I'm going to say that fear that I had had over so many things of the unknown, that's what it is. It's mostly fearful stuff that I'm not going to get and things that I have that I'm going to lose. And when I got sober, I could learn that there was something bigger than me. And for me, I call people call it a higher power. I call it God. And for me, once I got sober, I had a faith in God that I never had had before. And I'm not talking about like, cause I grew up Catholic, but it's not that same faith that I had as a young child with growing up with Catholicism. It's a faith that I had about God. That's a spiritual God. And that I truly believe once I got sober, that I, that there is a God and that God has a plan that is way better than I could ever, ever imagine life to be. And for me to have faith in that God, I don't can't have fear because they can't live in the same space, right? They can't live in the exactly. same moment, mm-hmm. you know, and I have to put all of my faith in that higher power and, um, I have and it doesn't like, mean bad things won't happen, you know? Oh, I mean, 
you know, I, with me losing this dear friend of mine that Louise knew, and, um, you know, I, he was a very, he was like, he was my best friend. I talked to him three to four times a day. Um, we had a very, um, we had a different relationship because he's a guy and I'm a girl for one. And, um, I have a husband that I'm very happily married to. And he had a wife that he was very happily married to, but we had a kinship and a friendship that was built around faith. And we spoke a lot about God and we spoke a lot about God's plan for us and how we believed that the people that were sober were the blessed ones. Like we are all the lucky ones that are sober because we are the ones that get to see the grace of God, right? Because mm-hmm. we're aware and we're awake and we can are alive and we can see it. And this week for the first time since he's passed, which has been two weeks now, you know, I've realized that I have to trust God. I can't be angry with God because he passed away. I can't be angry at anybody. I, it was God's will, right? Yeah. And God brought him into my life for the time that he brought him into my life. But now God, he's gone home to God, right? If I believe that. And that can be my belief is that he went to heaven. And that gives me a sense of going, it's okay. I will see him again. It's just not, it'll be when God wants me to see him again. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel. I couldn't do that. I couldn't feel that in my heart, though, if I were still drinking. There's no mm-hmm. way. Yeah, there is no way for me either. You know, because our ego gets involved when we're drinking all the time and our anxiety and all these feelings that we come up that we believe that we're not going to be okay and all these crazy thoughts that go in our heads and everything else. And we can't see that clear light of like going, oh, okay, there is a higher power. I call him God and he has a plan that's bigger than mine. Mm-hmm. And I trust that. Yeah. Wow. Well, we went really deep today to all of our <laughs> listeners. We went really deep. I didn't know I was going to go so deep. I guess I needed to, right? Yeah. And um, anybody that's out there, please know that we will, I promise you, we will um, return your email or message that you, your email, if you send us a text message to befriend me on Facebook, I'm Elizabeth. Chance Fagley on Facebook, Busy Living Sobers on Facebook. Write me a message. Write us both a message. I'll send it over to Louise. She will get it too, and we will write you back. And um, please know that you're not alone. Yes, I get it that this is scary stuff, but you don't have to do it by yourself. No. And there is a solution, you know. There is a solution. You don't have to do this all by yourself. So until next week. What are you going to say? I was going to say, get busy. Get busy. Living sober. And know that uh, we love everybody out there. And we're thinking of you. And we're sending you our thoughts and our prayers. And we all hope that everybody has a beautiful week. Yeah. And take care. Including you, Weezy. Okay. Keep getting busy. busy. All right. Keep getting busy. Living sober. Bye-bye. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Bye.